You're listening to a Genuine Girl production. Enjoy the episode! Hi there, and welcome to a Genuine Girl podcast. My name is Meredith, and I'm just a college girl who's trying to keep it real while inspiring other girls to do the same. I know that being genuine in college can be difficult, so that's why each week I share some of my stories and learning experiences that I've had from college to show you that you're not alone and it's okay to not have your life completely figured out. Let's get right into this week's episode of A Genuine Girl. Alright, I am super excited for today's episode because I have a very special guest on the podcast. Katie Oliveira is the host of Collegehood Advice, a podcast where she shares expert insights, strategies, and stories from all of her past positions in higher education to help students embrace who they are and use their unique gifts, education, and experience to build a life they love during college and beyond. In addition to the podcast, Katie also offers coaching and even has a fan club for college students to join. So if you guys are interested in any of this, please, please check out the links in my show notes to access all of her information. She is such a helpful resource for anyone going through anything in college. And hopefully after this episode, you'll see why. This episode is really perfect to have Katie on because it's all about asking for help in college and how this can be a very difficult thing. I don't know about you guys, but I really struggle to ask for help sometimes. To get the most out of our college experience and really life experience, we're going to have to ask for help sometimes, and learning how to do that now will set us up for success in the long run. Here's all that Katie has to say about the importance of asking for help in college. All right, everybody, I am here now with Katie. Katie, thank you so much for being a guest on my podcast. I'm really excited to have you on. I'm so excited to be on, Meredith. Thanks for having me. Of course. So I thought it would be a good idea to just start by kind of having you talk about what you do, who you are, and how you kind of help students through your job. Because this episode is really going to be all about the importance of asking for help in college and why it's really a good thing and not something that should be looked upon as a negative. So can you talk a little bit about how you help students through what you do? Sure. So I am the founder and the host of College Fit Advice, which is a podcast and also resources and tools to help students navigate the college experience in a way that allows them to connect with who they are and take advantage of the opportunities that the college experience offers them so that they can start to build a life that they love and that's in alignment with who they are. Um, I have a background in helping students for the last 15 years. So I've been an academic advisor, an academic coach, an administrator at the university in charge of helping students transition to college. And I helped lead out on orientation. I helped run a department of the freshman advising office. And then um, I've also been a classroom instructor where I've taught U.S. history and American social problems and how to be successful in college and how to pick your major um, courses over the course of my career. 
And in that time, I realized that there is a disconnection between why students were going to college, really, and how students were going to college. And so what I mean by that is kind of on a surface level, if you say, like, why are you going to college? Students will say something like, because I want to get a good job, right? Yeah. Right? At the end of the day. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) But I wanted to kind of dig a little bit under the surface and ask the question like, well, why do you want a good job? Why do you want a good job, Meredith? Ooh, put me on the spot. <laughs> Sorry, I'm turning the tables on you. Why Ooh, do you want a good job? Why do I want a good job? Well, honestly, I want a good job for a few reasons. I definitely want some financial stability, but I also I, I, I want to find a job that's good for me in terms of something I enjoy doing and something that makes me happy and feel like I have a purpose here. And I think... For me, going to college, yes, it's to get a good job, but I mean, there's so much that goes into a good job. Like, I I don't even know how to sum it all up. I think that's a great question, and it really makes you think about why you're here. Yeah, so exactly. So the, exactly, you answered it just in alignment with how most people answer that question. I asked that question why are you going to college? And they say, because I want to be successful. I want to get a good job. And I say, why do you want to be successful and get a good job? And the answer always lands somewhere like, I want to have enough money to be stable and I want to be happy and fulfilled. And so that's really why you're going to college. You're going to college because you want to create a life that is meaningful and fulfilling and have stability, financial stability. But I found that a lot of times there was a big giant gap between students and and that that desire to want to have a fulfilling happy life and what students were doing during college what choices they were making what actions they were taking what they were taking advantage of and i found that the universities are doing a great job of helping and supporting students be successful at their university make great grades stay enrolled pick a major um, get connected, right? They're doing a great job on that, but they're not always able to kind of dig deeper into that second layer of like, what makes you happy? Who are you? What is going to fulfill you? And are you using your giant investment of time, money, and energy in your college experience to get you to something that's in alignment with you? And I find the answer for a lot of students is no. They are ticking off boxes to get through the next thing. Like I got to get my AP test and I got to get my SAT and I got to get an admissions consultant and I got to get my applications in so I can get into this really great college. So, and I got to major in the right thing and go to the right college so that I get the right job. And then they get the right job and, and then they're like, oh my gosh, what did I just do? I have this job and I have this money, but I'm not happy. I, I I hate my job. I didn't take advantage of college. Like what? Uh, right. And so I yeah. saw this over and over and over and over and over again. I thought like, oh, you know, it's not. I think it's just that we don't we're not pointing it out and we're not being intentional with how we connect 
who we are with where we're going. And part of that, I think, is because we don't know who we are. And part of that is because I think we don't know how to get where we want to go or we don't think it's possible to get where we want to go. And universities are not able to dig in in that nuanced way. And so I started Collegehood as a space, as a platform for someone who has experience in the classroom, experience working with college students, but has a lot of love for them to stand up and say, hey, guys, you are your greatest asset. And the whole point of college is for you to develop and grow yourself, trust you, and knit together all the things that make you you and use that to bring your gifts to the world. Strategically use this experience to, to as a catapult to bring your gifts to the world and let me walk with you and guide you and support you and encourage you and inspire you and then motivate you while you do that. And so that's what I do to help students. I have a podcast that's whole mission is to help you connect with who you are so you can be you now, not in some weird distant future and giving you the tools so that you can make better choices so that you can implement systems so that you can be inspired and motivated to actually do it so you can have a better life. So you can build the life that you want, the whole reason you're spending all this money, time, energy in college, that you actually can achieve it and not just end up with a diploma and a major and feeling like, okay, now what? So that you leave college fired up to go out in the world and do cool stuff. Yes. I love that. I think that all just came together so well. And it really speaks to the importance of asking for help and getting that advice from someone like you who has been through the process. And you talk to thousands of students and you know what they're going through and what they need to succeed and how important getting that help really is. So I think going from that question, I when I hear all of that, it makes me want to get help and it makes me want to figure out my life and learn those skills and really get the skills I need to not just get that job, but to live a good life and all of these things that I want to get out of college. I, it's just like so much. And I can imagine that a lot of students like me can sometimes feel a little overwhelmed by everything that they need to learn in college and everything, all of the opportunities that are out there. So I guess I would ask you, how, how do you think students should know, like, what should they be feeling when they know they need to ask for help? Like, if you were talking to a student, how, how would you know that they need help? And how would you, what advice would you give other students? Like, is it a feeling that you, they should have? Or is it just something that every student should do, no matter who they are, where they are. Does that make sense? <laughs> that was totally. a lot of questions. <laughs> totally. Yeah. There, There's a couple things there that I want to pull out. So first, to ask, answer your question, um, I think the feeling that you have, like the physical sensation that you have is going to be different depending on what the circumstances, what kind of challenge you're facing, what kind of help you need. But what I do believe is that our emotions 
are information, right? There are there are spidey senses, right? There are mm-hmm. way of knowing kind of where we stand in the world. There are barometer, and we have a tradition. I think a lot of it's cultural um, of sort of suppressing emotions, especially negative emotions, because negative emotions are super uncomfortable. That means something is wrong and wrong, uncomfortable things should be avoided at all costs. But sometimes those uncomfortable emotions, those sensations that are saying like something is not right is information that allows you to know that something's not working for you and that you need to take a different action. And so I want to kind of knit knit your question together and that what should I be feeling? And also I'm feeling overwhelmed. What should I might, how might I manage that? So I think it's two part. I think when you're feeling overwhelmed, anxious, stuck, um, like you want to bail, (laughs) (laughs) unmotivated, right? These are some common ways this shows up in the life of a college student, um, avoidant, like you're procrastinating, that's you're being avoidant. When you're feeling those things, it's likely because you're feeling overwhelmed or underprepared or uncertain about what your next best step is. Sometimes you're feeling uncertain about what your next best step is, is because you're trying to be like 10 steps ahead and do that thing and you're not ready for it yet. You're like, I don't want to do this step right now. I want to be 10 steps ahead. I need to be 10 steps ahead. Um, Sometimes it's because you have too many things and you need to clear some of the clutter and noise. Sometimes it's because um, you don't have quite the perspective or you don't have enough information. And so... What I would say is anytime you're feeling any of the things I just mentioned, unmotivated, um, avoidant, overwhelmed, anxious, uh, lazy, right? I think we think we like to beat ourselves up and we like to say, I'm just this way. This is who I am. (laughs) But the truth is, is you're not, you're not fixed. You're not fixed. The whole reason you're even in college is to develop yourself personally and professionally to mature age grow. Your brain, especially if you're a traditionally aged college student, um, is still growing. Even if you're a non-traditionally aged college student, it takes your brain for some of us till 30 to be fully developed. Most of us in our mid and early 20s. And so you're literally still bringing online some of these skill sets. So I would say don't ignore those. Don't, don't ignore those emotions. And also don't blow them off or write them off or minimize them either. Like don't dramatize them either. Like, Oh my God. Right. (laughs) There's this good, healthy middle ground where you can acknowledge them, validate them and then say, huh, self, what's that about? Right. And tune in. And this is where offices like your counseling center on campus can help you cope and decipher what you're feeling. If you're in the mud and you're not sure about that. So that's part one. Um, That's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. So that's part one. So kind of making sense of what all that means. Um, Part two is the now what? Okay, what does this mean? Now what do I do? And I am a firm believer that if you are stuck, that you do not know what to do next, it is because you do not have enough information. And that information might be that you don't know enough about what you want because you haven't experienced enough. It could be that you just don't have the facts, so you don't know how to make sense of it. 
It could be that you don't have enough input. It could be that you don't, you don't ha you haven't spent enough time thinking on it, marinating on it. And so I always say that when you don't know what to do next, think about, you know, get more information. And this is where help can really come in because sometimes it's that you need an expert to kind of shed light on some different options that you might not be aware of. Sometimes it might be that you need to experience something. So example, I'll just take the example of like, you're feeling stuck about your major, which is, it's a place where a lot of students get stuck. If you're really stuck about your major, I find a lot of the times you've kind of randomly picked something out of thin air because someone told you you were good at it, or it sounds like it's leading to a profession you might want to pursue, or it sounds like a subject in school that you were good at, but you don't really have anything to go off of. You haven't really done the work. You haven't really taken a class in it. You haven't done internships. You don't know what the professional opportunities really are. A lot of times major doesn't equal job anymore. A major is just a disciplinary area that you can learn some transferable skills in. And so what that means is that you, if you're feeling stuck or unsure, it means you need more information. And a lot of times that information comes through doing, doing. So taking action and that action is just your next best step. Take that first little next best baby step. And then once you do that, oftentimes the next step reveals itself. And if the next step doesn't reveal itself, then that's when you enlist your support and get feedback and figure out how to get to the next best step. So that's part two. Um, so part one, kind of tune in with what you're feeling, make sense of that, use support to make sense of that if you can't. And then part two is identify what is your next best step. And if you don't know what that is, enlist support to figure that out. I love it. That's awesome. I love how you just broke that down. That makes it so much easier to understand because I know I asked quite the loaded question there, but I agree that it, it's so important first and foremost to really actually understand how you're feeling and think through your emotions. I know for me, sometimes as a college student, it seems like we can just go through day by day and we have such busy schedules. So many things are going on that it, we don't really take the time to sit down and think through how we're feeling, how it's affecting us and what action we should take to actually, you know, solve our problem, solve how we're feeling. If we're not feeling good, you know, it's important that we actually sit down and think about that and realize that first. And I think, though, I love all of the ideas you gave to asking for help and kind of the process that goes into that. But I still think even hearing that, uh, if I were a freshman right now, hearing that, it would definitely, it would motivate me to ask for help. But at the same time, it's something that for me, and I think a lot of college students is a difficult thing to actually do. You can hear people talk about it and say how important it is, but actually mustering up the courage to go ask somebody for help and get that advice, it, it can be challenging. And so I guess I would ask, do you have any tips to make that process easier? Yeah. So before I answer your question, just like one truth bomb is that everyone has a difficulty asking for help. Even all the people who are telling you that you should ask for help have a hard time asking and accepting <laughs> help. <laughs> yeah. Right. That's, that's a good point. I think that's very important. It's good to know that we're not alone. <laughs> 
I think this is human nature. It's definitely worse when we're younger. I'm speaking from a place of experience of myself having to like get over that hurdle, climb that wall and like feel embarrassed and feel like a fool and be bracing myself for someone to say, no, I'm not going to help you. And, and muster up the courage to say like, I am, I'm in over my head and I need help. Like I've done that so many times that now asking for help is easier. It's like failing. (laughs) The more you fail, the easier it gets, which sounds silly and counterintuitive, but because failure is just kind of a part of growth and it's how you get better. Like there's nobody out there who is successful that has not failed a million times. They've just gotten really good at picking themselves up, bouncing back from the failure and moving forward. I think asking for help is sort of the same thing. The more you ask for help, the easier it is to ask for help. So my tip for getting past that first hurdle is that if the more I ask for help, the easier it is, I would start practicing asking for help for things that are not highly charged for you from people you know, love and trust so that you get better and it becomes more second nature and you kind of wire your brain to be help seeking because how we think it it wires our brains to be kind of oriented in, in certain ways. And so I would say that, you know, asking you, you don't have any problems asking your mom for help a lot of times, right? (laughs) Yeah. You're like, mom, do this, mom, do that, (laughs) right? Because moms have been helping you forever. You didn't have to like, Mm -hmm. you have that relationship in place. So I was like, who else can you ask for help? Like not, don't, don't use people, like use your good sense. (laughs) Yes, of course. But be a good person, person, (laughs) but who can you ask for help? Because the truth is, and and I'm going to ask you to pull it from your own life experience, I bet if you think about it, this will be true for most of you, that people love helping other people. It is like big time reward for us when we help someone else. We feel all the warm fuzzies. We feel amazing, right? We're like, we were helped. You know, I have a friend and they get sick or something and a meal train call goes out. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to make you a meal. And I feel like a million bucks when I deliver that meal for that friend because I helped them, right? Yeah. So one, when you get in the practice of it, you get that reward. Like I'm asking for, you know, you're, you're giving someone else that reward. You're helping that other person feel good by letting them help you by accepting their help. Yes. I love that. I, I think that's a great way to take the idea of asking for help and view it in that positive light. If you think about it like, oh, well, if I ask this person for help, that actually might make them feel good. That might make them happy. They might enjoy helping me. I mean, that's not probably the typical way you would think about it, but maybe if you think about it that way, it's easier to ask for help because you know that you won't be burdening the other person by asking them. You'll actually be making them feel better too. And I just kind of look at it. If I was in that person's shoes, who would be helping me if it was a professor or something, if I think about it, like, okay, if I were a professor and somebody like me came in asking for help, what would I do? And I think just being able to view it from a different perspective is it's super important. 
Absolutely. I, I think about it um, this way. When a student goes to a professor or a support office on their campus and they go into the room and they ask for help and that uh, that professional on your campus gives you help and then you go out in the world and you start to implement some of that guidance and advice. And of course, you get to do it your own way because there's a lot of ways to get it done. And I believe that you have a lot of internal wisdom that you need to li listen to. And a lot of times a good helper is going to highlight and reflect for you your own internal wisdom mm -hmm. um, rather than tell you what to do. So that's another thing. Not everybody is a good place to go ask for help, but we'll, we'll get to that in a minute. But yeah. um, when you go out, when they, when you come in, you're honest with them, you tell them what's going on, you let them help you, you heed that guidance and you have results. You have just made that professional's year. They will remember you. They will share not your name and your personal business, but they will share with their colleagues how they helped a student today. They will share it with their husband. They will be so thrilled <laughs> through and through because that is the whole reason they're doing this work. Yeah. The whole reason. <laughs> so yes. you don't go in and you aren't asking for help and also heeding the guidance because that's part of asking for help. It doesn't mean you have to do exactly what they said, but at least start to take steps in the direction towards bettering yourself. Um, that That's a huge, a huge deal. The other thing is building relationships. So asking for help from some cold stranger that you don't know is awkward. It is. I don't yeah. do that. You don't ask help from randos, right? It's weird and <laughs> awkward. And so a lot of times on your campus, it's hard to ask for help because you don't have relationships with the professionals on your campus that you are connected to. You haven't built a network. All a network is, is relationships with people in your community that are complementary to the, what you're doing at this moment in time in your world. So if you build relationships, if you introduce yourself to your professors and ask questions during class or mention how you find something in the class interesting, if you go to an advisor when it's not time for registration and ask a question or introduce yourself, if you are involved on your campus, suddenly now you have relationships with people. And when you have relationships with people, it is much more organic and natural to know exactly who to go to for help than if you are isolated and feeling like you're not connected to the people on your campus. Exactly. I think every time you make that connection with someone, it just makes it easier to ask them for help again. And so that's why I also have really tried to get in the mindset of just making those connections with professors, with people on campus from the beginning. I'm going to uh, try and make a relationship with that professor, network with them, just get to know them a little bit as, as soon as I can when the semester starts. Because if I do that right away, then it'll just make the rest of the semester so much easier because I'll have that foundation and it's much easier to build off of that than just waiting until you really need help to go in and if you haven't talked to your professor all semester, for example, that can definitely be a little tricky, I think. So yeah, very good absolutely. Point. And they're going to be less likely to help you because you haven't come for help yet. Right. So yeah. not everyone we ask for help from is a good helper and not everyone we ask for help from is going to give us good guidance and advice. 
And that's true. But I think most of the time, if you're going to the right people, they are. And so if you wait till the last minute and your professors reached out to you 10 times and you never reached back and finally you're in the 11th hour and you're showing up and you want immediate results, yeah, that's going to be, that maybe is not going to go so great for you. So you want to be proactive, right? So yes. this is about being proactive. This is about setting up relationships. This is about um, having those helpers in place, having, I just had an episode on my podcast, College Hood Advice last week about enlisting a college support team. So it's enlisting your college support team on your campus. So you have in place those people you can go to for help well before you're in a place where you really desperately need it. And the thing is, is that you might find that if you have that in place, you're going to be less likely to need extreme help. You're going to be getting mentoring and coaching yeah. and guidance, which is the best kind of help you can get because they're helping grow you up, right? And yes. nurture you. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's important to look at those relationships like that. It's not just something where you don't just have to go in and ask someone one question and then be done. I mean, these people can help you for the rest of your time in college, the rest of your life. They can always be mentors for you. And I think just being proactive and building those relationships early definitely helps with that. So I, I'd love to hear maybe if you have a specific example of somebody who you worked really well with, a student who you've had a good connection with, who you've been able to help with something. Is there is there a situation with a student where you felt like, you know, you've helped them a lot and you've seen them grow so much through the advice you've given them and through your relationship together, just so we can kind of bring this all together and uh, again, emphasize the importance of finding that person or those people who can help you out. Oh, yes. So many. Um, <laughs> when I worked at the university, I did, um, I advised first your students. And so I helped student, a lot of students with identifying their major. I also worked with students who had a semester that didn't go so great. Maybe they went on academic probation or suspension, and then they worked with me pretty closely, like weekly to get out of academic probation. But I have one story in particular that comes to mind of a student I worked with on her major. So this student was one of my advisees. So I was her academic advisor. So I was the person who helped her pick her major, pick her class. And then at my university, we also provided a holistic support to students. So we would check in with them on how their classes were going. We would provide academic coaching and connect them with resources to help them and all those kind of things. This student was um, initially an accounting major and, um, she was not doing so hot in the classes related to business and accounting. And she came in and we were talking about that and she was feeling real bad about that. And I have a policy to be your advocate and to give you a lot of empathy and support and not to make you feel judged or shamed. I think a lot of students don't go get help because they're afraid of being judged or shamed. And, and the reality is that there are a lot of people who help college students and students in general who do shame and judge students. Um, but I think that's less often, right? I think most mm -hmm. people, most people aren't going to do that. So I think that's a, I'll just say I'm validating your fear of that. 
but reassuring you that I think at the end of the day, that's not really what people are trying to do, even if they inadvertently do it. Um, They're really trying to help you. Um, So that's my side. But anyway, she came in and I was like, oh, that sucks. I mean, are you liking your accounting classes? Because I think our first thought when we're not doing well or thriving is like where something's wrong with us. But I think my first thought is like, Maybe it's not your thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, maybe it's maybe not you for you. <laughs> if you're not motivated, it's probably because it's not your thing. It's not lighting a fire under you. Now, sometimes we have to do things that don't motivate us. But if it's like your accounting class and that's your major, let's look at that. And so we started to dig in and come to find out she's like this brilliant artist. And she... Oh you know, did all this work, all this beautiful work for people on the side and her spare time. That's what she spent her time doing. And I was like, why aren't you an art major? (laughs) Why Why are you an accounting major? Long story short, her parents, she had an older sibling who had majored in art and had disappointed her parents and who was working actually was graduated and working as an artist but her parents didn't understand how she made money or what she was doing for a living and had forbidden her if they were going to pay for college and they were um, paying for most of it, forbidden her from majoring in art. And I was like, oh, that is heartbreaking to me. That's so sad. And I know that's a, that's a situation for a lot of people because art is perceived to be like, why am I going to pay all this money for you to go to college to major in something you're not going to get a job? That is a myth. There are a lot of art jobs out there, especially in this world that's really creative um, oriented right now. But so she, I said, you know, sometimes you can't tell people things you have to show people and I'm an enabler. (laughs) So, (laughs) um, and so I said, why don't you have this gen ed credit where you have to do an art requirement? Um, why don't you take a drawing class and you're kind of getting two birds with one stone, right? You're, it's a requirement. You're going to fulfill a requirement, but you're also going to get in a college level art class. And it's going to do a couple things. It's going to let you see if college level art is your thing. And it's going to connect you with faculty in that department. And maybe just maybe you can show your parents like how you're thriving there, if that's what ends up happening. And so she did, and she loved it. And she was thriving and she found her people because she was struggling all areas, you guys. She was not motivated. She was sick, like she was physically ill. She was really feeling lonely. She wasn't really making friends. She was thinking about transferring. She wasn't doing well academically. And it was all because she was in the wrong major. She was in the wrong major. That's crazy. Just one thing like that. One (laughs) thing. That matters because that's your purpose. That's your motivation, you know? And so a lot of times when people are unmotivated, I go after a major. What are you majoring in? And so she... um she, she changed to, a, a accounting major with a minor in art and got a little dipped her toe in a little further okay. thrive in her art classes. doing really great parents. It's a couple semesters now. Parents don't know she's doing art. So totally think she's an accounting major gets a relationship with a art faculty makes the change to an art major. Parents find out are so mad withhold the funding for her to go to continue to go to the school. Oh my gosh. That's we, crazy. She and I have such a good relationship because I've been working with her for a couple of semesters now that 
And she, her whole life has turned around. She has friends. She's involved. Her grades are great. She's not sick anymore. She's like started a art club on campus and is an officer. Like her world is fantastic. And she, we get an advisor. Me, I call financial services and I get a financial aid advisor. And we, I say, can we call these parents together and talk to them? And we have a conference call, me and the financial aid office, and we talk to the parents and we say like, hey, here's the reality. Here's where she is. Here's what the job market looks like right now. Here are the myths. Here are the facts. It would be a real shame if she couldn't finish her degree over this because she's thriving and this is why she wasn't and this is what we shifted and here's why. And the parents understood and they you know, they gave back the money and she could continue on and she's thriving. Like her whole world turned around by getting help and making that one change. Sometimes it doesn't have to be a drastic change. It just needs to be one little pivot. And that's one of many stories of students that I've worked with both in my capacity as a formal advisor on a campus and in my capacity now as a person in the world doing it um, as in my own uh, through collegehood on my own privately for students all over the country um, who need it and maybe don't have access to that kind of support is that having someone guide and support and walk with you, they can help you make decisions. They can help advocate for you when you can't advocate for yourself. They can nudge you when you do need to advocate for yourself. They can be very powerful. And I think for me, that's like I told you before, when someone helps a student and they really make an impact and they carry it with them for years and they tell their husband and they tell all their colleagues and they tell podcasters on their <laughs> guests and when they're a guest, right? That's the impact that you have when you accept help, right? Like yes. she, me being able to help her is one of the greatest things I've achieved, I think, as an advisor. And, yeah. you know, she, I don't think she knows that. Um, but yeah, I sometimes think, you don't right? know the yeah. impact you have on someone. Yeah. Yeah. Just by it, asking for help. <laughs> just by asking for help because it is my mission to make sure that young people, everyone really, but specifically who I work with is young people get a chance to connect with who they really are and, and express that in the world. And I think a lot of us don't, a lot of us suppress who we really are. We pile on false things, false personas because of expectations and pressures. And then we feel kind of lost because we don't know what to do in the world because we're not showing up as ourself. And so this is one of those cases where I was able to really empower somebody to connect with who they really are. Cause I think you have that wisdom inside you. There's never been a kid that I've said like, what do you really want to do? And they're like, what do you want to know what I really, really want to do? Or like what I'm doing? I'm like what do you really want to do that didn't know. I mean, there are some because they want to do like 500 things and they're not sure which one to pick, but there's (laughs) rarely anybody who doesn't have something in there, even that's really crazy, you know, and, and honestly, most of them aren't that crazy. Most of them you can do, you can open a brewery and write a novel. You can be a photographer for a magazine. You can go on and become a speaker. You can become an influencer. Like you can do all these things. If someone else is doing them. It is possible. You just have to know how to get there and you have to be willing to take time and take risks and know that it might not look exactly how you have it in your mind, 
but that it's going to be a whole lot closer to what's in your mind than going the other way towards being an accountant in a cubicle. If that's not your thing, there are people that it's their thing. Yeah. And thank God yeah. for those people. But, I know. We but need if them. that's not your thing, we need them. But if it's not your thing and you're going the safe path, every step towards the safe path that's not your thing is a step away from the ever so slightly less risky path that is your thing. Because quite frankly, to be flat honest with you, and I'm getting off topic. Now I'm on it's a okay. tangent. But, you are so uh, to, fine. <laughs> <laughs> to be tight, to be quite honest with you guys, people have a lot of risk aversion when it comes to picking a pathway that's in alignment with who they are because they feel like it's silly or they're not going to be successful or not going to make money or whatever. But y'all, we all, I did too. So it's not just like pointing my finger at you guys. I did the same stuff. Young adults and college students especially make way more risky choices every day that can actually ruin and or take your life than going after the thing that's in alignment with who you are. And so I would think about that, right? Like, you know, when we are are consuming too many substances, when we get in a car with somebody who's consumed too many substances, when we put ourselves in a position that's um, not a safe environment for us, when we do something silly, like, you know, I got in a car with a bunch of people and drove to Mexico without telling anybody one time. That was like when oh, I was wow. in college, right? What a story. That's right? um, <laughs> that interesting. Was, like, in hindsight, if my kid did that today, I would be like, oh my God, that's not a safe choice. Right. But yeah. I think we do those things, but I was afraid to not major in pre-med, right? Like, so there's a, we get kind of muddled up in our priorities. And so I think being honest with yourself about that, you can't always see it yourself. Sometimes you need someone to help reflect it back to you. And that's what help can do for you. That's what advisors can do, what the career counselors can do, what counselors can do, what people like I can do, you know, people in the private world who do this kind of work. We are reflectors to help you find that wisdom and truth inside yourself because you are your greatest asset. We say time is your most precious resource. No, you are your most precious resource. No matter, you are your most precious resource. Oh my gosh. I love that. It really totally aligns with the whole purpose of this podcast too, just being authentically you and using yourself as that resource, but also really seeking help from others. I think it's such an important topic that I don't talk about enough on here because sometimes to really live as genuinely as you can and to be yourself, you you have to get help from others and you can't always do it alone. And I think that story you shared is a perfect testament to that. So thank you for sharing that. I think that's a great way to really end off this episode. I hope this has given you guys a great sense for how important it is to ask for help. And I always used to view it in such a negative light, but even just this conversation has helped me see it in a more positive light and as something that is just going to help us grow and learn and become who we really are meant to be. So Katie, thank you so much again for being here. Is there anything else you want to add before we close off? I also want to give you the chance to, of course, promote everything you have going on because you not only have your podcast, but you have your whole business going on. So do you want to talk about that? Sure. So I think the the 
one just little thing, one more little golden nugget to add is you matter because you are here and that being genuinely you is about just having compassion that for that you are alive and you are here and that when you can tune into the fact that you are just your essence like who you are um is that then everything that you do outside of that is just experiencing life right Mm -hmm. it's just you experiencing life so if like, like one year you have pink hair and the next year you have brown you experience pink hair you're not the pink hair girl, right? You're just yep. you who experienced pink hair and you loved it for that year. And then it got tired. You got tired of it, right? If you are the person who decides that they want to be pre-med and then they pass out in their anatomy and physiology class, which is what happened to me, then, and you change your major to history, it's not that you changed, you are still you. It's that you decided that you wanted to experience something else that was in better alignment with who you are. Like what, 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 makes you interested and engaged in the world, what you want to experience. So I guess all to say is that you don't have to be anything more than just being (laughs) just by virtue of being that is being yourself and authentic. All the other stuff is your external purpose. Your external things are all experiences. Um, if you are into this and you want more of it, the best, best way to connect is to go and subscribe to my podcast, College Hood Advice. It is everywhere you listen to podcasts, Spotify, Apple, Google, Stitcher, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, everywhere. Um, so you can check it out there. Um, I'm also on Instagram every week. In addition to releasing a new episode of the podcast, I do a live where I dive a little bit deeper into the topic of that week, give you a little bit more nuggets, answer questions. You can DM me there. I answer questions. I actually will make podcast episodes based on your questions. I love, love, love connecting with students one-on-one. So those are really great ways to connect with me. I do coach students um, as well. So if you're into that, you can find out more about that on collegehoodadvice.com. But really the main goal and mission is the podcast and connecting with students in that way. So if you love the podcast and you listen, I'd love for you to leave a review, share it with a friend, help spread the word, help create a movement. I even have a fan club where you can get um, swag and perks and connect with me uh, by sharing the podcast with your friends for free, because I really believe that this is more than a podcast. It's a movement to help you guys and your friends and your brother and that kid across the class connect with your true self and then use this experience to your benefit to bring your gifts to the world. And so if you want to hop in and join me in that and spreading that word, I'd love for you to come over to College Hood Advice and learn more about how to do that. Awesome. And I can say you guys should totally go check all of her stuff out. I love her podcast. And if you're a college student who likes a genuine girl, then you'll definitely like College Hood Advice. So Katie, thank you so much again for being on the show. I really am so glad that we got to have this important conversation today. Thank you, Meredith, so much for having me on. It was my pleasure and honor.